Before we jump in this week, let me give you a quick disclaimer. The fact that we're talking about blood and honor for three weeks is not an endorsement for blood and honor. It's pretty flawed and problematic, even sexist. We're talking about it for three weeks because we have a lot of feelings about it, negative and positive. And exploring those with Mike has been a great way to explore what we do and don't like about gaming in general. And Blood and Honor highlights some real problems that I have specifically GMing. We found these conversations useful. We hope you do too. RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, rpgllpodcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at rpglessonslearned.com. Hi, welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. With me today is Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. So, just you and me. And, yep. Mike, we haven't talked about this ahead of time. In fact, I... I briefly shared this about 45 seconds ago and i was like wait we should start the episode i want this to be a completely live process mike my idea for today's episode is that we go ahead and play a session and we shoot for about a half an hour 45 minutes is okay um we play a session a one shot in a system that neither of us have ever played before this sounds dangerous but exciting i i think so as well so i'm gonna be honest mike it's not a system that I – I did love it. I loved it at first. And then I started doing all this work to understand it, and I think I kind of hate parts of it. So I have a really big love-hate with the system. Um, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of hate. There's just a lot of strong feelings, uh, and I think it will lead to some really interesting conversation. Are you up for playing John Wick's Blood and Honor? You know, I haven't played D&D in almost over a month now, so I am excited to play anything. Question, will I need dice? You will. You will need a couple of six-siders, and that's it. I will use online rolling dice because I believe my physical dice are out in the car. (laughs) Fair enough. And you know what? I should do the same thing. Okay. So so John Wick, this is this is a real person, not the fictional Keanu Reeves John Wick character. Oh yeah, dude. John Wick is is rather famously the uh before John Wick the movie series, before Keanu Reeves, John Wick was is he's a human being is a real name. He's the guy who created the first edition of the Legend of the Five Rings role playing game. I did not realize that. Yes, he's also heavily involved in the Legend of Five Rings card game. I don't know that much about the history of L5R, but I know that John Wick was a writer that had a lot to do with the meta plot, and evidently he's the guy that on the Day of Thunder, when the whole meta plot to the first you know season or series or whatever you call it, that first card game, when it came to its crescendo on the Day of Thunder, he was the guy that wrote all the endings for the different clans, and he famously burned the endings, burned the envelopes that contained the endings whenever that a clan got knocked out of the tournament. So the, wow. Those words were in theory lost forever. Yes. Wow. Yep. So I've been that, a- that that's that just shows kind of my illiterateness when it comes to L five R. So I apologize to any listeners we may have. 
who are offended by my non-knowledge. <laughs> ne- neither of, of us. Who John Wick is. <laughs> but there's nothing to apologize for. Neither of us are particular L5R fans. Um, I became a fan of Shadow of the Cabal, as we've discussed before, and we've had Tanner on this show, and we've been on Tanner's show. Um, when we guessed, when he ran matrimony, honor and matrimony, matrimony and honor for us, um, yep. holy matrimony, that's what it was. Holy, holy matrimony. matrimony, that's it. Yep. When he ran that for us, um, that's really that and one game with Martin and the one game I ran in in, in D and D fifth edition of L five R is our only L five R experience. And I'm not a huge, 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 huge fan of L five R the system. Um, there are a lot of reasons for that. One of those reasons, in fact, we should go into. I've always felt a little weird about role playing samurai. Oh yes, yes, yes. I think we talked about this we quite did. a bit. Yeah, we did. We don't have to where it's. No, I, th- I think I think it's good that we we maybe can go back into it again. It's been a while since we've talked about it. Yeah, so. just the cultural appropriation of you know a couple of white guys playing samurai. Um, it, it's it's I'm sure it's fine. Um, and it's not a, it's not meant to be a caricature or offensive or any of that. But there's just something about it that I just don't feel as comfortable with. I feel totally comfortable, you know, ad libbing. Um, improving in the generic Western fantasy world because I feel some ownership of Western values, but Eastern yep. values are pretty alien, and it feels like anything I do by its very nature would be a caricature and would be using this, you know, other philosophy in uh, of you know life and thought that exists. This very deep and detailed philosophy that is not a caricature, that is a very real system of values that works for their society or that worked in the society at the time. Um, Anything I do, but would by its very nature, be a caricature of that, yep. and, and would be what's the word I'm looking for? Reductionist, and I don't want to yeah. be reductionist, and I don't like being uneducated about what I'm playing. I think that's very fair. I, I think for me, it put me one step closer to uh, being Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai, and that's just not a place I want to be. Yeah, no. No, it's not. <laughs> Isn't there a weird – there's a weird genre of film where the whole notion yes. of the film is that the white guy winds up being better at the native more, shit. More than samurai the than the natives. More yes. samurai than yeah. samurai. Yeah, and then there's a whole series of these, right? Um, Avatar, when yep. when he, yep. when he the white dude becomes more Na'vi than the Na'vi. Na'vi, yep. yeah. Dances yeah, yeah. with Wolves. Uh, yep. Save the Last Dance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's just a lot of these Lawrence of Arabia. Um, there's just a lot of these where the the notion is that Western people with Western values can come in and we we can do the native shit even better than you can. And it's, it's just it's stupid. Just ridiculous. It's stupid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so having said that, Blood and Honor is a samurai game. Now let's get some things out of the way with Blood and Honor. I I, I really okay. do have a love hate with this thing. Let me talk about what I love about it first. Because what I hate okay. about it is going to turn a lot of people off. What I love about it is it's totally different than anything I've ever played. Um, Mike, I as a GM, I cannot. I, it is impossible for me. The system will not allow it. I cannot come up with the plot ahead of time. What? My usual method of prep, and I've talked about this so many times. My usual method of prep is I know who the bad guys are and I know what they're doing. And I have a timeline worked out where if you don't interfere, I know what they're going to do. Right. They have their plans. And that's how I prep, and then that lets me improv. As you interfere with their plans, I can see the effects down the road. I can change the enemy's plans. It really lets me improv. I can't do that at all in the system. Here's why. 
the core mechanic of this game is that you roll a number of d6s and when you, when you attempt something when you take a risk and if you get 10 or more you get what's called privilege and privilege means it's your turn to say what happens i don't have the book in front of me mike but the literal example from the book is okay there's a there's been a poisoning or just sorry ah i screwed it up i screwed the punchline by saying poisoning but oh well <laughs> there's been a murder and you yep. guys need to investigate the room and one of the players rolls and they get privilege and they say ah i find a dab of poison on her lips so oh. so right there the gm didn't think poison the gm didn't know poison the player did that now you got to be careful when when you get privilege you can't say um okay the, the, this lady's dead and then you roll and you you when you get privilege you can't be like the daimyo did it that's too big you've got to give discrete facts You've got to get clues. And I think the whole notion is that we go on this journey where these clues lead us in one direction and then another direction. And when it's dramatically appropriate, we're like, okay, the twists and turns are done. We found, we found our resolution. Here's, here's the result. Yeah. Here's the result. But there's all these details that you get to add to the story. Hmm. So the core mechanic is you roll a number of D6s. You roll a pool of D6s. Hmm. Ten or above, you get privilege, and you get to state a fact. If you wind up – if your dice pool winds up being like 66s, you can take a number of those out of your dice pool. and yep. You can call those wagers. So let's say you're going to roll 66. By the way, Mike, I've done the math. Um, at 46, you have like a 99% chance of getting a 10. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look up the math in a second. I don't want to misquote and screw anyone up. In fact, let me quickly confirm that. I think I have that sheet at the top of my Google Sheets. So it's actually on my other PC. I can't find it right now, but it's all right. Um, basically, you have a really high chance when, when you're rolling 46. You you are completely positive at 5d6 um, that you're going to get a 10. Um, I think odds are actually pretty good at 3d6. But anyway, um, you could take some of those d6. If you're rolling 66, you could take two of them. And you could say, I'm wagering these two. Now that means if you if you get privilege... You get to say three things. One, because you won the roll. And yep. two more, because, of because you wagers. made two wagers. You got okay. it. Okay. So you get privileged to say three facts about the scene. So I can't prep for where this game is going to go. Interesting. That That's that's going to make life difficult, right? Because usually we, we operate with the understanding that we have a narrative. That narrative may or may not be borrowed from a popular movie reference or culture. And then it's it's kind of up to us as players to unravel that narrative. So if there's no narrative to begin with, then I'm assuming you're probably having to do a bunch of ad-libbing. We all are. To figure out the narrative once we throw out what facts we uncover. Yes. Uncover with air quotes. It's going to be hard. We're all improv. Yeah. This is this is the most like an, a Hollywood improv class I've, I've ever played in a game. Oh, no. Oh, no is right. <laughs> <laughs> we should call this segment, Whose Role Is It Anyway? Uh, and if we get clever, you could spell roll with an E. Hey. <laughs> Whose Role Is It Anyway? Anyway. Um, I hate it already. I hate it already. All right. <laughs> so all of that discussion was reason one why I love it. It's, yep. it's a system that is just completely different, that forces a completely different you know, thought process. Yep. Reason number one, I love it. 
Reason number two I love it is the character creation. You actually can't create characters without first creating clan, the, the clan that your character belongs to. So I find that to be really interesting. So you have to make your clan first, and the clan informs things about your character. And character creation overall, you're, you're doing – and we're going to do this together, Mike. We're, we're going to create your character as part of this you know, 30 to 45-minute session. Um, okay. As you create your clan and, and then your character that belongs to the clan, you're making lots of really narrative choices that impact the mechanics, but they're also really narrative, and they inform a lot about how you play the character. Okay. Okay. Those are the reasons why I love it. Totally wildly different system. Really interesting character and in clan creation. Here's the reasons why I don't love it. Ready for this? Yep. This is a little more like, all right, there's some things that bother me. And I don't mean to sound sensitive, but there are things that bother me. One of the things that bother me is there's a whole section in the player's chapter. In the player's chapter, it's like, it's like a whole part of the book, like a massive part of the book. There's a little section under a heading called women. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. And it talks about how being a woman's really hard in this system because, you know, in Japan, women were treated poorly. And and that's what he says. And what really Which is true. Well, sure, and it's true of Western culture as well. It's yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. true of the Middle Ages. Absolutely. Um, it's 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 true of a lot of eras in history. Um, but what really here's what here's what that bothers me. It bothers me because people don't play role playing games to play, you know, being oppressed. I, I don't I don't yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. help, yeah. help, I'm being oppressed. No. Um <laughs> and if you are playing that kind of game, you can introduce this mechanics yourself very easily. Right. But but even then, if it stood on its own, it wouldn't bother you as much as it would when you put it in context of his introduction. His introduction to the whole game, he literally says – and I don't have the book in front of me. This is not a word-for-word quote, but it's pretty damn close. He says that he covered over some of the, quote, uglier parts of of medieval feudal Japanese society in favor of making a game. And how can you say that and then follow on by saying – when you know you can't play a woman unless you want to be oppressed. Yeah. Why would you limit the player's choices? Why would you do that? Yeah, that that seems odd. It, it, it almost sounds like I don't know. Making, I mean, first of all, you're making a trade off on player agency, right? So, so anyone who wants to come in and and play a woman, they've automatically had their player agency squashed by the the game mechanics themselves. It, it almost sounds like he's trying to make a trade of legitimacy. To, to make that squashing a player agency okay. Yeah. And that, that doesn't make sense in a game system to me. That's And he tries to cover his own ass by saying, again in the introduction, and again, I don't have it in front of me. It's not word for word, but it's close. Somewhere in the introduction he says, hey, you're the GM. You guys are the players. Once you start playing this, it becomes your game. Change whatever you don't like. Which is a really easy carte blanche throwaway to throw in the introductions to, to forgive yourself later for all the sins that you committed while you wrote the game. So I think yeah. I think it's weak tea. I think it's bullshit. I, I I'm I don't like that chapter, and I'm going to ignore that chapter. And and a lot of the language in the aspects, um, or in some of the mechanical bits, there's that that whole thing with 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 women and 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 sexist language and all that. I don't like. So given all that, why am I still playing it? Why do I still want to play it? Because it is so different, and I want to try it. And because there are these things that I really like, and there are these things that I really don't like. Oh, something else I don't like. So there's all the sexist language. I don't like that. The other thing I don't like, Mike, is that as I really worked 
I, I built this workbook that we're going to use to play the game. Mm-hmm. I built it in Google Sheets. I'm really proud of the work that I did to make this game playable. <laughs> but the character sheets, Mike, the damned character sheets yeah. don't have all the fields you need to actually make a character in the game. Like I've got the character sheet printed out, and I'm following along with character creation, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, where am I supposed to put that? Uh-oh. This, this doesn't work. There's not enough stuff. There's not enough spaces. So I had to I had to do my own character sheets, and I did my own clan sheet, and, I, and there was so much referencing and then writing word for word. So so it's like fate. You get these aspects, and these aspects have invokes and compels, and you can invoke your aspect, and I have to compel your aspect, and there's lots of words around how to do that and lots and lots of words. So imagine sitting at a table with six people or five people or four people or even three people, and they've all got different aspects. They've got different invokes. They've got different compels, and I as a GM had to keep up with all of that. Plus, you had to copy all that crap out of the book because there's like three aspects with their own invokes and their own compels that you're copying to your character sheet. It's a ton of transcription, and then once it's transcribed, there's a ton of reference. I can't Mm. see a way to play this game where I wouldn't constantly be like, what are your aspects again? How do I compel that? And then you're just telegraphing your moves, and that sucks. So to overcome that, so I I really don't like that. I I, I love the idea of the system, but when I sat down to actually try to pull it together, it was just too much. It was too much referencing, too much talking about metagame stuff and not about the story. So I came up with the idea of this workbook. In this workbook, Mike, we are in a shared Google spreadsheet together. Okay. We're going to walk through the clan sheet together and make your clan. We're going to walk through the character sheet together and make your character sheet. Then we have a notes sheet where we'll, where we'll make notes. And we're both looking at this shared workbook, and we're going to edit it live. And if we had six people, I could make six character sheets, and I could name them all your character names, and you could make all your characters. And it would be really easy for me to reference all this stuff and for you to reference it. And it's much more doable. So I'm trying to make the system work. Okay. All right. That's a lot of talk about the system. Things I like, things I don't like. Um, you want to try to play it? This sounds really ambitious, and I'm a little bit intimidated, but let's go for it. Yeah, just a quick a quick session is what I'm shooting for. Okay. Um, now, Mike, here's a core question for you. Yep. Since I'm not super comfortable with cultural appropriation, I can do it. We can yep. play this as samurai in old Japan, and I will use the disclaimer that I know about as much about that as was communicated through the 1987 series, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I would be in the exact same boat with you. So we are playing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle version of samurai. or Absolutely. Okay. We could do that, or we could use the same system and play Klingons. And because it's an imaginary you know, mm. race of aliens feel totally free to do whatever the hell we wanted without affecting any real cultures. <laughs> what do you think? I'm good either that's, way. That's, that's a hard call. Either one of those sound fun, and I'm much less likely to offend people in either one of those. Um, let's go Turtles, because I feel just a little more secure in my TMNT knowledge tonight than I do in my Klingon. Okay. Now we're not I don't to- want to offend you as a study student of, of, of the Klingon people. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> uh, and to be clear, we're not actually playing the Ninja Turtles. We're oh. playing we're, we're, we're playing the, the samurai. The, the yeah, Eastman-layered idea of samurai. The, and You yeah. nailed it. Yeah, okay. the Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird idea of Samurai. That's what we're playing. Okay, okay that I can do. Let's do okay. that. 
We're playing Samurai from American Ninja. There we go. God, that series is terrible. Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> okay. Let's, with no further ado, because there has been so much ado, let's start making your clan. So, Mike, if you'll navigate okay. to the clan worksheet. I'm there. All right. Um, everything that's in gold, you need to populate. And some of those things have drop-downs. See the little drop-down on the far right? I do. So you can choose what type of daimyo you have. Um, okay. Ambitious, clever, cruel, cunning, dangerous, kind. I would ask you for the sake of this being a quick game not to choose mad. <laughs> I went right to it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you so well. For a you mad do. daimyo, what you really wind up doing is you roll a d6 and you wind up with one of the others and you do that every season. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. So your daimyo changes his mood season to season. So the bad daimyo just winds up being, you know, sort of a, 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 a roll d6 and choose every time. And honestly, the mad language is, is you know, mad's not really a PC term. You know, to be insane for the insane daimyo, let's just stay away from that and choose. We'll commit to one of the six actual daimyos. What are you thinking? It's your choice, by the way. It's your clan. I have chosen clever. And I really like that when I chose Clever, it automatically populated. Oh, it just unchose it. That's because, uh, I, yes, there you go. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I really like that when it when I chose it, it automatically populated the description, the advantage, and the disadvantage. So that's handy. Yes, all the VLOOKUP work that I did. And I'll turn on Character Wrap, and I'll turn on... There we go. Now you can read the whole disadvantage. Ah, oh, look at that. Okay, Mike. Now that you've chosen – so you're the clever daimyo. The clever daimyo makes use of new innovations and does not cling to tradition. The advantage of that is that each samurai's equipment is considered of good quality. So that plus one means plus one die to your dice pool. Awesome. Plus one is always and plus one die. Minus one is always minus one die. Same with okay. plus two, minus two, whatever. The disadvantage is that the samurai, uh, the clan itself, is seen as non-traditionalist, sort of a high nail that must be hammered down. And all of this daimyo samurai have the non-traditionalist tag, which may be tagged by other samurai in social situations, and we'll get into that later. So, so we're, seeing, we're, we're basically rabble-rousers who are here to upset traditions and conformity. Yes, you're, you're dangerous innovators. Awesome. I like it. Your innovations are not proven by tradition. All right, what virtue does your clan value above all others? Hmm. So read your virtue choices because I don't want to click on the drop down at the same time you do. Yep. So what are all the virtues, Mike? Oh, so there's uh, prowess, beauty, courage, cunning, strength, and wisdom. And I said prowess first because I had clicked it and it moved it to the top of the list. Otherwise, they're in alphabetical order. <laughs> and you're clicking through right now to see which one you like the best. Yes. I think I'm going to go with prowess, and the description of that is prowess is the ability to wield weapons. Prowess is the most important virtue because without it, you cannot defend yourself against martial attacks. So as a samurai, it seems really important to be able to defend myself from martial attacks. Fair enough. So another thing I like about the writing in this game, because John Wick, he, he is a writer. He's a good writer. I can't deny it. Um, every one of the virtues ends with this is the most important virtue because, mm. and it just really shows like, you know, all, all those things, you know, beauty, cunning, et cetera. Every one of those ends with a little sentence about this is the most important virtue because, and it leaves you to kind of choose which one you actually agree with. All right, Mike, each player 
can pick one holding to add to the daimyo's province for the clan that you're a part of. So for this clan, you can you, you add a blacksmith, you can add a Buddhist temple. So blacksmith, you can you can get better weapons made throughout the game. Buddhist temples, you can get. Actually, I forget what it is. I was going to say blessings, but that's the Shinto shrine. Um, you get extra wisdom wagers with the Buddhist temple. Let me get rid of that. The dojo. Um, well, I don't want to read all these anyway. The dojo prowess wagers, gambling den, you get money. Garrison, you get Ashigaru troops, things like that. I'm going to populate these one with each one with one real quick so I can read through them and just make a quick decision. I think what's what what is Koku? Koku is the it, it's it's a it's a amount of currency that could buy enough rice to feed one person for an entire year. So uh, it's it's a large amount of money. Okay. Having said that, like a plus two sword costs three koku. Hmm. Yes. Like nice weapons and nice armor cost a lot of money. It's the equivalent of buying a car or a house. That would make sense. So being in this feudal area era, not area, but being in the feudal area, that makes sense that high quality weapons come at a premium. I think I'm going to choose blacksmith. Okay. So as a season action, you can produce one good weapon. All right. So that'll be the first thing I do when we start the game. Well, remember that you have the cunning daimyo, so you're already going to start with good equipment. Oh, that's right. Okay, hold on. That's a good call. I'm already uh, forgetting here. I'm going to do dojo, which will give me plus one bonus prowess wager per season. Ooh, I'm already liking what this implies about your clan. Like, you're innovators, and because you're holding as a dojo, maybe what you're innovating is, you know, different grappling, different techniques, different blocks, different strikes. And, yeah. that, and that's where your bonus wager comes from. I like that. I'll, I really do like how narrative a lot of these choices are. All right, let's choose your aspects. All clans get the aspect where none of us is as great as all of us. So an aspect is a thing, Mike, that is true about your clan, and you can invoke it. So... When you want to use this aspect to your benefit, you use the invoke. So for none of us is, is as great as all of us, the invoke for that is your clan is well known for working together. Gain three dice when helping another clan member accomplish a goal both of you want. That's an invoke. You get dice. Hmm. The compel, people can use your aspects against you always. And the compel is you genuinely feel clan members must work together to accomplish their goals and will do so regardless of the risk to yourself. So if I can use your your that aspect, I can use the compel to say, no, 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 no. Even if you disagree with this guy, you have to help him. He's a member of your clan. You you have to back his play. Okay. Your yourself is subsumed to the clan. Interesting. So that's true regardless. You have to have that aspect. What okay. other three aspects do you care about? Imagine doing this from the book and having to copy all this down into your character sheet. Oh my god, absolutely not. So, so I got to say first off, this choosing aspects would if I were having to read through this in a book, I could see how it could be kind of difficult cuz I would imagine it's probably not as straightforward as aspect invoke compel, right? There's probably some flowery language in there, or am I wrong on that? Um, I simplified it a bit, but for the most part, it's as written. 
It says written. Okay. So being able to click through and see what the, the actual invokes and compels are for each one definitely makes it straightforward. And it's, it's kind of shocking how you're like, Oh, I could see how that could work for me. And then the compels like, Oh my God, no, that's terrible. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> so being, being able to go back and forth really quick makes it easier choosing uh, aspects. And then, yeah, absolutely having to write all this down and making sure I get it word for word on a character sheet would not only be taxing, but I don't have the best handwriting. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it could make plans difficult further in the game when I'm trying to read, you know, what I, what I took and scratched down on my sheet. I, uh, I think I'm finished choosing. I'm, I'm kind of going through it quickly just for the sake of this being a one shot. If I were doing this for long term, I would probably take a little more time on this. But uh, I've chose if my dog knew my plans, dot, dot, dot. And uh, the invoke for that is it'd be dead too. your clan is incredibly good at discovering and keeping secrets. Gain three dice for any risk obtaining or keeping secrets. And the compel on that is you love secrets and you tend to go out of your way to discover them, which I think is really interesting compel, right? That could, that could definitely send me down some rabbit holes to uncover. I specifically chose that one because I think it, uh, it speaks to my, uh, my ongoing issues as a beat cop to get, you know, get to the truth and nothing but the truth. I think that works almost the same as trying to uncover a secret. So, uh, I, I chose that one. Uh, first, the samurai takes the drink. I like this one as well, just because it's all about being drunk. And uh, the compel is a drunken samurai will say anything, do anything, be careful. Drunkenness is not always forgiven. Let I me, really let me pause oh. you on this one. This is actually one where I changed the language because it was originally first the man takes a drink, then the drink takes a drink, then the drink takes the man. And I changed man in each one of those cases to samurai. Why? Yep. Why gender that language? Yeah. Why gender it? Just just let it work for everybody who might play it. It's such an easy change to make. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost John Wick his principles. It's just it's an easy thing to do to make your game more approachable by so many more people. So I did do some rewording in these aspects to to minimize some of the sexist language. And you know, I didn't notice that at all. I thought the the wording was fantastic. The samurai takes a drink, then the drink takes the drink, then the drink takes the samurai. It works. Yeah. There's no yeah. Um, and then also choose laughter as the fool's hiccup um, and compel on that is you're rude, brutish, and don't care about etiquette, which I thought went pretty well with the overall feeling of the clan. So fair yeah. enough. Your innovators, your drunken innovators, <laughs> your innovators who are really good at ferreting out secrets and your innovators who are super duper serious and you're too busy innovating to care about all the stupid traditional crap going on around you. I think that's a good summary. Ooh, I like that. All right, five. So so we're going through these, these clan questions. Um, the fifth section is to identify your mebutsu. And your mebutsu is that one item that your province makes better than any other. It's got amazing rice. It's got amazing sake. You actually grow hops so you can make the best ale. What's that one thing that your province is known for? What would that even be for North Carolina, where we are? You know, 20 years ago, I would have said tobacco, but that's not true anymore. 15 years ago, I would have said furniture, but that's not true anymore. (laughs) Um, Vape shops. We make the best vape shots in the damn union. 
Sadness. I really don't know. That's that, that's a good question. I have to think about that. Um. So, what makes our province better than any other? I'm uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say blades. Kind of going with the whole innovation of of fighting styles, innovation of weapons, and I can't think of anything else right now. Oh, so you're doing interesting things with with even the blade. Yep, that's cool. All right, blades. Okay, now that you have done all that work to think about your clan, now it's time to name it. Give mm. your clan a name, and that name should have a meaning. Hmm. This is always the hardest part for me whenever creating anything. And this just isn't even my name, right? This is a clan name. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. Taxonomy has been the burden of man since man developed language. I can't call it the A B C D E F G clan, can I? You know. <laughs> so, so this this says give your clan a name that means something. If the clan name is appropriate to a risk, get plus two bonus dice for that risk. What does that mean? Uh, so since this is my first session of the game, too, uh, I'm assuming that if, if if you are the, I'm trying to think of a of a clever name for a clan. If you're the Dusk Riders, mm-hmm. then riding a horse at dusk is kind of your thing, and you'll get plus two bonus die for it. Interesting. If, if you are the, you know, let's let's say you choose an animal, you are the fox. Um, maybe we'll do Francis Marion. You're the swamp fox. If you're the swamp fox, then you know fighting in the swamp is going to be kind of your thing. So you might you might say you're the I'm trying to think of something clever, uh, the polar bear. So winter war, like like uh, invading your clan's province in winter is a horrible idea because gotcha. winter's kind of your thing. So if we're the excellent breathers, I will get plus two every time I breathe very well. <laughs> and and so that's the weakness of any narrative system is that, it, is that a mechanical player can just pick it apart. Yeah. Like it, it'd be really easy. As I looked at all these aspects of stuff, and the, the aspects, the the yeah. the holdings, all this stuff, it'd be really easy to stack to just do tons of prowess. Yeah, where you wind up with like fifteen die, and I'm making up the number. I haven't actually tried to optimize to see how many die you can get, but you can get a ton of prowess die. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really easy to for a mechanical person to take apart a narrative system. Interesting. So Mike, don't be that guy. You know I like being that guy. <laughs> There's a certain amount right. of joy in being that guy, let's be honest. There is. Whenever you can game a system, it's just like, yeah, I gamed that system. I'm smart. All right, so this is kind of lame. I feel like I just keep going back to swords, but I've named my clan the Deadly Steel Clan. Eh. Eh. And, uh... I probably won't try to do anything for plus, plus two bonuses or stuff when we're thinking of that, but it was literally just the first thing I could think of that didn't turn into like a fart joke, if we're being honest. <laughs> Can I propose kind of a more fun name that's the same thing? Yes. I liked, I loved the fourth edition fighter ability, Tide of Iron. Tide of Iron it is. I've just always loved that name. It's a good name. And that could have a lot of meaning. Like maybe the reason your province is so into metallurgy, and the reason blades are the thing that you do, is you have this secret iron 
you know, mine. Resource. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, there's this incredibly pure node of iron that you're mining. And therefore, and it makes sense because you have, you chose the clever daimyo. So all your equipment's good. All your samurai are, su- are, are, you know, in comparison, pretty well kitted out since everyone else starts with normal gear. And they've got to pay through the nose for good, fine, or exquisite gear. So it makes sense. It's a tide of iron. Maybe, maybe the meaning of that is that, you know, you can feel just a ton of well equipped samurai at the drop of a hat. Like you win on your equipment. There's a lot of good. You know, reading about the actual Battle of Thermopylae that is sort of uh, westernized and fetishized in, in the movie 300. It says that, hey, the real reason they won is that these were heavy bronze shields and, you know, heavy oak or ash spears with bronze tips against wicker, against yeah. wicker shields and against just plain wooden spears with no bronze spearhead. So technology. Is a, is a real serious reason why so few Greeks were able to hold Thermopylae for so long. That makes sense. Yep. So, heraldry. Yes. What's the, what, what's the heraldry for your clan look like? If you're tied of iron, is it, is it a bunch of blades and helmets or just two cross swords or maybe some chain link? Like, what's the heraldry for your clan? So this is just to be like, you know, what's displayed on flags, tabards, stuff like that? Got it. Okay. I'm going to say two crossed swords on a like bushel of rice. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like two cross swords with like a big bushel of rice behind it. What's the bushel of rice symbol less? Prosperity. Ooh, okay. So through these blades, we get prosperity. If you want your rice, swing these swords. Yep. Okay, I like it. Now, truths. Each player gets to say one thing true about the clan they're a part of. You can see where this would get fun with a bunch of different people discussing it because different people can add truths, different people can add holdings. What's the thing that's true about your clan, Mike? And I think it should be something – you could do, do more of the iron and steel stuff. But I think it's kind of a rumor or, or – ooh, that's interesting. So I've written down no one in the clan could ever die. It's true. <laughs> I love that there's two ways to read that. The first way to read it is if someone in the clan dies, something bad's going to happen. You're out of the clan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, something bad happens. Or yeah, you, you, the, the, the daimyo has a decree that at the moment of death, you're banished from the clan. The which, most dishonorable thing you can do towards the clan is die. I, I and I love that. Ooh, there's so many things you could do. Like, like, so now I have questions for you. Like, does that mean that they're immortal, or does it mean that they're like, you know, we're just talking about Xerxes, Xerxes ten thousand immortals, where when one falls in combat, he's immediately replaced. So originally, it was just me being a, a smartass and saying, "Hey, why can I write here that would game the system?" But then, as I thought about it, I was like, "No, that really works." We were just talking about able to field many samurai quickly, so it's basically like that continuing onslaught of you kill one, he's replaced with two. Therefore, no one in the clan can ever die. And I think you also contribute it with, or you combine it with, if you die, you are expunged from the clan right you lose all rights all honors all privileges your family is like disgraced 
In so, death, he has no name. That's His right. name was never Robert Paulson. Robert Paulson. That's right. <laughs> it's the opposite of Fight Club. I'm All sticking right. with it. There's a couple of optional sections down below. You can you can see that little plus in the margin that you can expand. You can expand the optional tags, the optional um, the optional notes. So I can tag you with stuff like if you go to war, I might tag the clan with at war stuff like that. Yep. So things that are sort of situational. The notes you can just take notes. Let's go ahead and build out your character. Okay. So you've built your clan. Remember that this character is part of that clan. So. Yep. Start off, Mike, with what is what's your concept for your characters? High level, what's the character you want to play? And we're, we're the thirty minute thing was kind of stupid. Maybe we'll say thirty minutes of gameplay, not counting all this character building. Maybe maybe we make this two episodes, right? Maybe we do this episode for character and clan building, and the next episode we, can't we do, do some that. gameplay. Why not? Well, we'd totally be ripping off the character creation cast if we have a whole episode about. We just did a, an episode. Where I haven't listened to it. I don't know that. We created Brian's character. Now we're creating your blood and honor character. And we're making characters. That's not. It's such a cool concept for their show, and I don't want to steal it. All right. If we do that, we're not making any more characters live for a long time, like a year. Okay. Okay. Deal. Deal. All right. Fine. We'll we'll break it up. This just became two episodes. <laughs> Brian, leave all this in so people can hear it. And <laughs> Amelia, you have my word. We're not making any more characters live on air for a year. I'm sorry, Amelia. Thank you. All right. All right. So. What's your concept? <laughs> <laughs> so thinking back to our Eastman layered concept of samurais, I'm, I'm just going to write down Leonardo. So that's shorthand for honest, virtuous, upright, do good. All right, Mike, Mike, Mike. I don't want to <laughs> hang on. I don't want to shit on your character choices. I really don't, especially as the GM, and I need to shut up more anyway. But I've, I've got to throw two comments at you. One, on a yep. recent episode of our show, you said to me, to my face, <sighs> you made me Leonardo for a reason. Yep. <laughs> and you were right. And now when you have the choice, you're going to make yourself Leonardo. That's comment number one. Comment number two, in a clan of innovators, you're not going to be Donatello? That's that's a good point. That's a very good point. I like the second point better than I like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll put Donatello. But way, with neither, an neither. attitude. FYI, if you're younger than 38, neither Mike nor I have seen any of the recent Ninja Turtle stuff. We are exclusively referring to this super old 1987 cartoon and like the first three live action movies. Maybe two. Yeah. Well, three, they go back in time in, in, in Japan. Yeah, but it wasn't that great. Yeah, it was pretty stupid. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so my, my concept is Donatello, but with an attitude. So as, that as smart as Donatello, but as mean as Raphael. There we go. Okay, all right. So I, I do find it interesting how in making the clan, John Wick recognized that you got to come up with all the stuff about your clan before you can name it. But then for the character, he was like, nope, you got to name it first. Name your character. Yeah. So do you want to uh, name your character first, or do you want to just skip that and go come up with what he or she is and does and all that first? We can come back to the name. Let's come back to the name. I like that idea. Okay. All right. So Jiri 
What is Giri? Giri. 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 Giri is your duty. It's your position okay. in the daimyo's court. So it's your obligation, and you can see the choices. There's like Yojimbo, which is the bodyguard, and there's there's several other choices. The Hatamoto is the is the general who commands the troops. Basically, whenever you play Blood and Honor, the players are always the officers of the daimyo. So the the Giri reflect that. So what is Seneschal? Uh, Seneschal, it's it's a Western term. A Seneschal is sort of a court representative like he would represent the king in matters too small for the king to care about he sort of is delegated to okay and if i remember in my l5r game we played as courtiers correct uh courtiers courtiers i think i said it wrong then too you did let's see i'm just gonna go general let me see let me take a minute to read everything that this populated I'm digging general because I get henchmen. So I think I'm going to stick with general. Okay. You're starting Geary rank as one. So that means you get one Ashigaru henchman. Okay. Okay. All right. So choose your virtues. Your starting virtues, you get to assign a four, mm-hmm. which means you roll four dice, two threes, two twos, and a W. And W means that's your weakness. One of these has to be your weakness. Okay. So when do I get the option for five and six? As you level up. Level as, up. As okay. you, yeah, as we do season actions and you, you, uh, as you advance. I shouldn't say level up. There's really no levels. As you advance. And we're not going to have time to get into advancement. Yeah. Oh, beauty's your weakness. I am not a good-looking fella, and I'm a sucker for a dame. Charisma is always the dump stat. (laughs) Every game. (laughs) And I'm the dumbest general you've ever seen. (laughs) A 2-1 cunning and a 2-1 wisdom. So as a general, you yourself are quite the fighter with a prowess of four. Yes. But you are neither cunning nor wise. I have fought my way up through this ranks of this suicide army, and I have earned my rank as general. And we uncover the basic weakness with the Klingon philosophy. <laughs> you can challenge for command, then wisdom loses. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and I have a note here that, you know, um, next to each virtue, you can go back to your clan and note all of your your you know free wagers and your, your raises and your bonuses and all that kind of stuff. But we're not going to get into that for now. Okay. We're going to actually, we, we're not going to skip equipment. So you see how equipment's optional? You yep. can click the plus to expand that, and okay. you're going to have all good equipment. Now, I'm going to say good equipment for you is just going to mean your katana and your other weapon and your armor, and that's it. A good katana, plus one die on opposed prowess risks while wielding. All right, do the same for weapon and armor, but leave everything else as a normal. Okay. Armor. You can go ahead. Okay. You will have a, a kimono and a fan. You can go ahead and set this to normal. And you can set your horse to normal as well. Gift, you don't necessarily have a gift yet. If you go get a gift, we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. We're not going to worry about other equipment. Okay. Now you choose as a character your personal aspects. Now, here's the fun thing you can only choose aspects that you already chose for the clan. 
So you only get two, uh, and you have to refer back to the clan list. So I think I'm going to stick with the dog one, the secrets one. There's the dog one. I think I'll go with the drinking one, because why not? Alrighty. All right, perfect. Now, your honor and your glory. So you start with two honor points to add to the pool, to the honor pool. You also start with one reputation. So a reputation rank one, one rank one reputation. There's one thing that you're known for. And at a rank one, you're known sort of at a provincial level. So you're known throughout the province. What is this one thing that you're known for? It can be a story. It can be something that happened to you. It can be something that you particularly hate that you're known for hating or that you're known for loving. What's your one reputation? And it should be – I said hating or loving. Really, this should be based on a deed. You should be that guy that did that thing that time. Hmm. Man, that's hard to come up with. Andrew, I just type that out beside the one reputation. You do. Yeah, there's no choosing okay. that. It's totally up to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You once killed more ducks than any other duck hunter in an entire season, and you did it <laughs> with a ballista. <laughs> um, ba, 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 ba. You were the first I'm... person to discover that if you entirely load a catapult with lawn darts, it wreaks total havoc on the opposing infantry. <laughs> The feudal samurai lawn dart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in all seriousness. I think I'm going to say after a battle where I took 15 lives. Poor word right now, but that's the best I can think of. I then helped a widow. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The harvest her rice crop that was about to spoil in the field. Dude, you got your hands dirty and you worked alongside a peasant? I did. Well. After I killed 15 men. After you killed 15 men. Yes. It was it was a trade of I have I have paid this price for my clan, so I am choosing to help this peasant. I really dig that. There's a whole there's this whole that's beneath you aspect, but there's also this whole this is how much you care about it. No task is too small. And if any MF dared to say one word to me, <laughs> woe to them. <laughs> All right. Choose your advantage. Ooh, just, that's uh, a list. Yep. Hmm. So your advantage is sort of this character's one unique thing. Oh, of course you chose that. Jumped right out. Yeah, jumped right out. So, born to the blade, your character always gains a free wager on all prowess discs. What did we just say about metagaming and add like like tons and tons and tons of prowess stuff? You're going to have to take a minute and go through and count up all of your prowess risks. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is that when we play this game, you better get into a hell of a lot of sword fights. <laughs> I hope so. All right, detail. So what? What do I do for detail? You can optionally type in whatever want to, whatever you want to explain why you were born to the blade. You know, why do you get free wagers? And remember that a free wager means when you when, it doesn't mean it's easier for you to win the prowess risk. It means when you do win the prowess risk, you get to say one additional thing that's true. Yep. 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 So 
not only are you a good swordsman, you're good at making exactly what you want to happen happen. Like you don't just defeat the guy. You cut his armor off and give him a nasty scar. Is that uh, your I, I simply wrote down yes because I'm a badass. All right, fair enough. You're Charlie Bronson. Yep. All right, age points. Um you always roll a D six. So go ahead and roll a D six and tell me how many age points you have and you populate them there. I rolled a three. Every season. Every season you you roll another D six. And when you get to 60, you'll go from spring to summer. And in summer, um, you can see where you'll expand that optional summer section. In summer, you get two more aspects because it's the Ooh. sort of it's the prime of your life. Okay. When you get to autumn, you add another aspect, but you also add a winter aspect. And a winter aspect is an aspect that can never be invoked. It can only be compelled. It, like things like, you know, you've got a bad eye. You've got a shaky hand, you know, you've got a mumble, you've got a stutter, something that's just bad because you're getting old. I really like that. I know we've talked a lot of times about game systems in the past and aging and how it's just something you throw off and you never think about it. But I really like that this has a mechanic for addressing aging and benefits and drawbacks to aging. That's that's clever. That's why I want to talk about the system. I'm not wholeheartedly endorsing it. There are things that I really love here, and there are yeah. things that I really hate. Yeah. So we'll see. And then there's another winter section where when you get to like 180 age points, um, you, you get one more aspect again, but you get two more winter aspects. So two more bad things that you're having to deal with in your infirmity, in your old age. Okay. Um, we're going to skip the blessings. Blessings are only things that you're going to worry about when you have the, the Shinto Shrine. Um, choose your daimyo again. You had the clever daimyo. Uh-huh. This is going to give you that um, non-traditionalist tag. So go ahead and choose that. I tried to resize. There we go. Clever non-traditionalist. There we go. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. You have completed making your character except for that name. Oh, man. That's right. All right. Um, Shinji. Um, what was my clan name again? This is always the hardest part. <laughs> your clan name is Tide of Iron. I wonder if we could translate that into Japanese. Ooh, that's a good call. Are you going to try that? I am. Okay. Ooh, Tide of Iron is Tetsu no Shio. Oh, there we go. Tetsu no Shio. So my name is Tenji Tetsu no Shio. And actually, you'd say that in reverse because... Ah. But it's all right. We are playing the Ninja Turtle version. Yeah. Exactly. So we're exactly. fine. We are fine. We're not playing Japan. This is not a caricature. This is the Ninja Turtles. So I guess it is, by its very def- definition, a cartoon. A caricature, but yeah. yeah well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yes. But we're trying not to be too accurate because yes. I think uh, – anyway. Okay. There's this weird, like, uncanny valley where if you're totally historically accurate, it's not offensive. Yeah. If you totally – don't care then it's obvious that you're not trying to imitate anything or ape anything or make fun of anything so it's okay there's this weird middle ground when you're trying to sort of be realistic and you're saying like um actually about shit that you don't know about and that is where it gets offensive so 
We are enthusiastic learners. Okay. There we go. All right. So let me look at the character name again. Shinji Tetsunoshio. Yep. Got it. And what does Shinji mean? That's a good question. I was just going to ask, do I have to put something for meaning? Um, no, if you don't, you don't have to get that plus one die to, to risks. Oh. If you don't want to. Oh, I knew that would continue. dangle that carrot. Dangle that carrot. I'm going to say, uh, what am I going to say? The translation of blade is ha. Just in case. Since you're mm. just completely based around the blade. Yeah, I'm going to change it to ha. Oh, where's my cursor? That's just H-A, right? Uh, it is. What was the other translation? Tetsu. I forgot already. Tetsu no Shio, Tide of Iron. No Shio. That's such good. I remember the no Shio. Um, all right. Meaning. So I'm going to say one who was born of the blade. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> All right. Did I do it? You did, did I successfully it. Successfully create a character? You made a character. All right. So we're ending this episode here. You've made a character. Yep. Next episode, we're going to play. Yep. Okay. And it's gonna be, we're going to try to do a quick game. <laughs> <laughs> you can really tell where a huge part of this system is the character and clan creation. Like half the game is the fun of coming up with the character. Yeah. I feel like this was this was fun. This was a good use of time. I think the spreadsheet really made it easy. So kudos to you for coming up with this. Is this uh, is this something people can get somewhere? Is this published anywhere? No, I don't, I don't think so because with so many of the drop downs recreate the text, they reproduce the text of the book. Mm. And plus, I think when we're done reviewing it, I don't know that people will be particularly interested in playing it necessarily. I think there are certainly things in the system to be inspired by. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to care to play it. If, if you do, hey, reach out, email me, talk to me, and, and we'll figure out what we can do. But I, I, I don't want to put this out there for everyone when I'm not certain about the, the copyright stuff. Gotcha. Good question. All right. We're going to go ahead and end this episode here. So... Thank you for listening. Sorry for ripping you guys off character creation cast. Million Ryan, we won't do it again for a year. We promise. We, we promise. Swear. We swear. No more. Okay. All right. Done. We're out. Thank you for listening. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned. And we're sharing ours with you.